Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Peaches Brittany, and this is the Small Consolation Podcast, your home for mediocre gaming entertainment. That's right. Our content is like the amount of privacy you get in public restroom stalls. Shouldn't we be the number two podcast in mediocre gaming, then? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Complete with smells and all. Oh, boy. All right. Well, welcome back this week, guys. Uh, We've got something special for you. Um, What are we doing? We're filling out our wish list to Santa. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Hey, Santa. Hey, Santa. Okay, so uh, he's joining a boy band. <laughs> oh, I would. That's on my wish list. <laughs> a game that you get to play as a boy band. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we thought it'd be kind of fun to ask Santa for fictitious. I I, I keep wanting to say fictional. That's that's a fictional <laughs> word. <laughs> that, that is a fictional <laughs> word. Uh, for fictitious uh, video games. Uh, maybe like adaptations, you know, video game adaptations of various books and movies and stuff, or uh, just, you know, I'm sure Nick will come up with a whole bunch of fun video game ideas that we're just not even going to be able to comprehend. (laughs) We all know Nick's going to adapt Mead Maker 5000 or something. (laughs) (laughs) Complete with real mead. <laughs> yes. Anarchist Simulator 2020, which, I mean, yeah. now that I think about it, is probably a game on the way already. Probably. <laughs> I think we should, uh, there should be a uh, game, they should make a game, like, uh, uh, oh crap, what's that game? Uh, Battletoads. <laughs> yes. That. No. Perfect. Um, wow. Well, there's there are there are several adaptations. Like the the one that I know was on the computer, but there's like an uh like mobile apps and stuff too. Um, it's like where there's like you you create a virus and you try to kill the whole planet. Oh, that's pandemic. Too. Pandemic. There's there's another one that's like that's not pandemic. That's it's pandemic too. Well, there's one on the mobile. There's a there's a mobile. Uh, shoot, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, um, yeah, there. I mean, there are several, but there should be a game, just in general. Like they should make one about 2020, and like you go, but 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 make it from like the humans, you know, perspective. And I already lived that. I don't want to play that again. You can like just sit there and relive all of the horrible events, and. Every time you go through, you try something different to, to try and f- prevent something from happening, you know, all of this shit from happening. And every time you fail, it'd be a fantastic game. So like one of the Souls games. <laughs> <laughs> Except oh, yeah, no eventual triumph, just just <laughs> failure. Yes. Kind of reminds well, me. Oh, I tell you what, though, it would be fun to play like, you know, a higher power in some way and like just say all right what are we going to throw at them this time oh um drunk sharks all right let's do it well sir there was a game called like i want to say it was called like black and white or something like that like back in the day where it's like you played as this like deity that was in charge of like oh man it was kind of like what was that game where it was like you were creating islands and like terrain and like 
putting out fires and like floods Ryan? and stuff like that. Are you talking about From Dust? Yeah, yes, like I am oh, talking about From one. Dust. So yeah, yeah Black yeah. and White was kind of like, I feel like an older, more like kind of medieval version of From Dust. It sort of reminded me of, of that in a way. Hmm. But yeah, I remember uh, James had that when he was a kid and he showed me some of that. It was kind of like, it was like The Sims, but if you were totally just like a kid with a magnifying glass sitting on an anthill, just like fucking with the lives of your <laughs> denizens. <laughs> like, it was, uh, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, so I decided this game isn't going to be any fun. Um, because between Nick and Tyler, they're going to say, oh, yeah, well, that game actually exists. Oh, yeah, well, this game actually exists, too. It's you know, in, the, in the dark part of Steam or, you know. That's half the fun, though, uh, is uh, finding out, you know, if it's if you're, you know, you're creating a wish list, you just you need to find out what Santa's actually going to bring you, right? Well, see, OK, so, I mean, I've actually already talked about one of the games that I would want to create. And that's a like MMO Pokemon game where, you know, you just, you know, you start with one Pokemon and you can battle other trainers and you can, you know, like raids, you know, like team raids are going to be like, you know, legendary Pokemon and you can go to all the different regions, you know, every single region, you know, you could, you could pick the spawn location or it could be random or something like that. And you just, you know, travel Galar and Johto, Kanto, Sinnoh, like you go all over and just, you know, have a couple of Pokemon that you can, you know, play around with. And I think that'd be the tits. Speaking of MMOs, uh, a game <laughs> that has been done in an MMO, but that I would like to see a like story focused single player version of it get made. And Brandon, you might agree with this because I know you're kind of a fan of the Star Trek universe, but I feel like there is like massive wasted potential in the Star Trek universe for games. Like, yeah, like I won't say like we have obviously there have been some adaptations of Star Trek in gaming form, but you know, what do we have? We've got like a mobile game where you like build ships and stuff like that. We've had an MMO. I've there were been some that. There were some old, like, adventure games, like, back in the day, like, kind of, like, DOS-style, like, old, old-school, like, point-and-click adventure games, I think, set mm. in the Star Trek universe. But we have yet to get, you know what I mean, kind of like a game, like, cyberpunk, but Star Trek universe, you know, where it's like, maybe it's third person, mm. maybe it's first person, I'm not sure, but it's like, it really kind of focuses on that moment-to-moment like oscillation between like character driven dialogue moments, like kind of the quieter, like, you know, you walk around and you get to know your crew members and stuff like that. And then kind of like the grand operatic, like captain moments and battle moments. And I think, you know, like a very narrative driven and kind of set piece based, um, like big budget Star Trek game. Like there's just really nothing too much like that i guess there were some adaptations of the movies but they were more like mm-hmm. third person action games there's never really been like an immersive <coughs> sim star trek game which i would love to see so that's at the top of my list for santa <laughs> or a house whichever one he feels like giving me you know. 
Well, how is he going to deliver a house down your chimney? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. But it would probably bring you a Barbie dream house. (laughs) You got to be specific with Santa. He can be a little asshole. I was going to say, it's starting to sound like I'm going to need a a restraining order for Santa here. I'm not sure if I, uh, now now I want anything. (laughs) Well, so I think my game, if I were to have something adapted, um, I don't, I, I don't remember how I landed on this choice, but I was just thinking about what would I like to play? Um, and then all of a sudden it hit me. I would love a really good like watchdogs or mass effect style Animorphs game where it's like Ooh. open world. And, you know, you start off with like, you know, like a maybe one or two animals. And then, you know, you can choose to like, you can, you can break into the zoo or the vet or whatever to acquire more animals um, or, 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 and then you can like, you know, when it, when, it, when you go to the missions or whatever, it's like, okay, you can choose between any of the characters. They all kind of have different animals in their repertoire. So you kind of got to choose, do you want stealth? Do you want to do a smash and grab? Like, how do you want to play it? Um, and, you know, kind of have like, you know, like how on like mass effect or something where they have like the weapons wheel. So you can just select what you want from there. Um, and then I don't know if anyone, so <laughs> spoilers for a series that has been out for like 20 some odd years just heads up um, but there's a part in the books kind of towards the end where like the existence of aliens and the yurks gets exposed to the world at large so i think that would be a really cool setting to to place a game like you know the world's already paranoid and everyone's questioning are you an alien or you know, what's going on, what's going to happen. Um, so that kind of heightens the tension a little bit for you to, to do whatever you need to do. And then unlike the books, you know, kind of have a more definitive ending than what they got. <laughs> yeah, I'd be my, down. I, I'd play it. <laughs> my fear with those games where like, you can like collect different types of characters to play is that the developers would be like, Oh, we can make it into a looter shooter. And then you're just like, no, you just, no, stop it. (laughs) I feel like that's what they did with Avengers. Like Avengers could have been like amazing. Like the story is really good, but they're like, look at all these characters we can add later. And it can just be this ever expanding universe. And it's just like, uh, I mean, okay. (laughs) I feel like some of that is like, it's not even inherent to like the design style and more just like, either a choice on the developer's part or kind of just like because games are getting admittedly larger, more complex and sophisticated, like there are additional, I I would admit that there's, you know, I do think there are more development costs associated with games these days. But yeah, like, I mean, older games that used to be like, you know, you could have a looter shooter, but it's like you get everything on offer up front, um, which these days you do see kind of like part parceled out rosters a little bit more but i mean that would be pretty a fitting design i guess i feel like for an animorphs game (laughs) like you know (laughs) that would be pretty cool you know something else i was thinking of um in talking was actually so you could go a couple of different ways but 
you guys have read the book or I guess maybe seen the movie Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'd be really cool. So I have a couple. I mean, you could make a movie ad- or a, game, a video game adaptation of the book of the whole book itself. Like that'd be a thing. Right. That might be a little bit more difficult, I think. But yeah, that'd be tough. <laughs> you could take specific parts and then make video games out of that. So, like, if you if anybody's seen the movie or read the book, um, you know, uh, I guess have any of you not? Maybe I should give an overview anyway. Um, have any of you guys not seen it or read it? I think I've seen it. I've I've seen and read it. Yep. Okay. So, well, so okay. So for our audience, I guess just to just to keep everybody on the same page, um, Ender's Game is a futuristic uh, story where these ant-like, like giant humanoid ant-like creatures come to Earth and they attack Earth, or you know, humans, and we drive them off you know, in, in our defense. And then we are, we humans are launching a counterattack um, and kind of building up our defenses to, you know, make sure that if they ever come back, we can, you know, protect ourselves better. Well, um, I won't get into spoilers at all. Um, really good book. Um, really good movie. Um, go, take a look um but uh the premise behind it is they they take kids like children like you know elementary school children and i'm not sure how you become eligible i haven't read the books in a while and i don't remember if they ex- explain it explicitly but they put these probes in their necks for these kids and they monitor how the kid interacts with people think, you know, how he, how he thinks, how he, you know, men and women, I'm saying he, cause Ender was a boy, but, um, and the, those that are deemed eligible will get their, um, sensors removed and then taken to battle school and battle schools in space. And many of the things that these kids, basically everything these kids do, is, you know, they eat, sleep, dream, and, you know, they have recreational activities around becoming the next commander or, you know, like, you know, the next person to lead troops. And so they eat, they have, you know, they talk about how, I mean, because what stimulates kids, what what's fun, but games. So they have these video games in, you know, that you can, that they, the kids could play during their leisure time. And they were all supposed to kind of help the kids, you know, better understand different, you know, military type strategies and situations and things. Um, and so any of those games could be turned in, you know, could be turned into a video game or, you know, a series, you know, a game that has multiple modes, you know, and you could put them all in there. Um, Heck, you could make not to a- mention the specific. 
I was gonna what? say, heck, you could you could make an entire game out of you know uh, you're probably just about to get to it, but the game that they play is a training exercise that kind of teaches them to move in six right. degrees of freedom. You know, start thinking more uh, in space. You know, like basically they're playing that game mm-hmm. where they're flying through obstacles suspended in zero g and essentially playing laser tag. And trying to get, I believe, like a ball into a goal at opposite ends of the playing field um, chamber. They're trying to get. Or, oh no, player! People, player. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, like a player. I think a player has to get unharmed through one of the like through the other the other team's goal or something like that. Right. Because when they get when you get when you get shot, that part of your body freezes. You can't move it. Like. The way that the um, the suits you wear, they stiffen when they get when they get hit by the by the guns, so you become immobilized. Oh man! Because of the suit you're in. Ah, uh, yeah. dude, a game like that in VR, like I'm imagining playing that out in VR, that would be <laughs> fantastic. Oh my gosh, I'm totally on board with this. I want Brandon's game for <laughs> you know, Christmas, um, Santa. <laughs> the the even the game that Ender plays by you know like that single player game that right. it's sort of like that mind that thought experiment, mm-hmm. um, you know where he, you know, gets to a a room and he has to drink out of certain cups and they're all poison so he has to think outside the box go around that and then you know he gets eaten by a giant and you know these sorts of things to get to get past it. I mean, you could make some sort of movie adaptation or video game adaptation out of that too. So, when you think about movies or books, if you had a game, would you rather it be like a direct like retelling of the source material, either the book or the movie, or would you want just to play a separate story but in that universe? Most likely, a story set in that universe. Most books wouldn't make for great video game material yeah that was exactly what i was gonna say i in a lot of cases a lot of things that i enjoy have these really big universes that i would love to spend more time exploring but i think you know there's a lot of freedom when you're making a game to kind of step out of the box of traditional narrative structures and do something different so i would like to see something I think I think realistically, it would be better to create a game in the universe. Think I mean, let's think of Harry Potter for a moment, and the however horrible the games actually are, if you set yourself in the Harry Potter universe and you're like, all right, we're gonna follow Harry Potter and he's gonna do what the books and/or movies say. There's no creative freedom. And if they get something wrong or slightly wrong, you know, there's a huge fan base for it. Everybody's going to be upset. Nobody's going to like it. The people that actually want to play it are going to not play it. And it'll turn into Avatar The Last Airbender movie that hasn't happened yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tend... I mean, I think getting getting one or two things wrong is different than just botching the whole thing from start (laughs) to finish, but, but... Yeah, fair point. (laughs) Like, I think Um, uh, (laughs) I tend to agree with all of your points. I guess the only, I guess if I was playing devil's advocate would be like, 
if there were big set pieces that were really um, unique and would lend itself to a video game, like maybe you're like, oh man, I got to watch or read, you know, how they defeated this giant army or something like I would want to like recreate that or something like that would be the only like argument I would feel like for kind of retelling. Cause I I used to think like, I used to think the inverse, like for uncharted, like, Oh my gosh, I want to watch this movie and I want it to be like what I did because I loved what I did. And then I realized, you know what? Those video games are almost like movies now any days. Like it would, I guess, ruin the, suspense i guess since you know what was coming right and i think that's always kind of that that's in the back of my mind as well is like i mean to be perfectly honest i just i like experiencing new things and so from a selfish perspective if i already know how the story plays out sure it might be great for someone who hasn't experienced that before or if you even if you can kind of like what you were alluding to if you can get a different perspective on events that unfold in a new way that can still be interesting but I think the key is, you know, again, selfishly, I just want to experience something new. And how about this? How about so, this? Oh, yeah. They make a video game that's based on a movie that's based on a video game that's based on a movie. So, Ratchet and Clank. Because <laughs> so, uh, you have one too, too many removals there, you'd have to be. Uh, Tomb Raider. Oh well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was I was referring <laughs> I was referring to yes. Ratchet and Clank. Yes, but... Ratchet and the Clank. But you added one too many movies. I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> I'm not perfect. <laughs> My stories are mediocre at best. Can you blame me? Because I I was going to say Ratchet and Clank until you had that bit. Well, <laughs> is there any other series that has had like? A game, movie, game, movie, game again. And like Tomb Raider's the closest. <laughs> What's the. I'm curious, what are the Ratchet that. and Clank movies? I guess I'm not. Uh, there's only one, and it's. Oh, okay. Uh, it's pretty forgettable. It's not bad. It's <laughs> it just. animated uh, or. It is. It's just okay. a, a children's movie. It's. Ah, okay. Released the thing is, is too that early. The video game. <laughs> that's based on the movie is hilarious because they talk about the previous entries. Like it's, it's actually pretty, pretty, pretty comical. I think. Speaking of games based on movies, I had another idea. I don't know how you guys would feel like, maybe it's just my, mis- my nostalgia talking and the fact that I've been rewatching the matrix movies, but I would love, this is another one that I think would work best in VR but I would love a Matrix MMO where it's like you put on your headset and you're effectively like jacking in to the Matrix and you like spawn in a random location, like at a telephone randomly. And like, you know, you can either be like, it already has kind of like built in player factions. Like you could have the agents and you could have the humans who are trying to go out and accomplish various objectives. And you could always, could have all these kind of like crazy clubs and things like that that are kind of larger than life and players would have to like coordinate and meet up from their spawn locations and i don't know i just feel like there would be a lot of opportunity to kind of live out that matrix fantasy i guess it sounds like you kind of 
wants to live in Ready Player One. Oh, you beat me to it. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess so, but it's like, but there's also some like specifics to the matrix theme that i like like i was kind of thinking about this earlier and i was like how cool would it be if a player was randomly assigned the one like if you were the one player who had like neo like powers and then then like the other players would have to like find that person and support them in this like larger grander like evolving kind of season long you know story of like the one trying to like like each season in the game could be like a cycle of the matrix and i was like oh man i just feel like there's so much like again i'm not usually an mmo fan but that whole idea of like coordinating all of these players around like kind of a real world phenomenon like Mm -hmm. a player being one like that's kind of cool i would i would dig that so that's another one i'd like like to see made some some players could be assigned to kill the one and others are trying to help the one and you know at the end of the season if the one lives great and if if not if they die that immediately triggers the next season exactly yep that that would be and like i mean it'd be kind of difficult to coordinate from a development perspective maybe it wouldn't like end the season but it would kind of be like it you know it's like a failure state like you could keep doing your you know you'd have like missions and stuff that you'd obviously always be working towards but yeah you could have like this grander kind of the big storyline for each season that could either end one way or another depending on if the one is killed then you start the cycle again the next season yeah i was like ah somebody (laughs) should do it (laughs) just need tons of money here's another idea here's another idea um, you know how games sometimes will start you with like, you know, you're like level 50 and you have all everything unlocked and, and then, you know, the red legion comes and they kill your ghost or they, they, they steal your light and then you get kicked off of the ship and you fall hundreds of feet to the floor and then you wake <laughs> up and you're not dead apparently because, but somehow you live and then you have really shitty armor for a while and then you get you light back because you know willpower and then anyways i'm not talking about destiny um <laughs> but you know what i mean like you start out with a, you start the game with like all of your powers or like amazing powers and then it, like in the opening cutscene, you like right. lose them all and then you have to gain them out all throughout the level you know throughout the game again like god of war 2 yeah i like how they what what if what if you don't lose your powers at all or like you don't you don't lose your like you're given all your powers and you don't you don't lose them but you find out like at the at the very beginning of the game you quickly find out that there's something you have to do at the you know like the, you find out what the end game is or what maybe you think is the end game and every time you quote unquote level up or, you know, get some, you know, do something, beat another boss or something in the game, you start slowly losing your powers. You lose levels, you lose stat points. And so the longer it takes you to play through the game, the harder it's going to be. You know, you could have like three different um, like paths where you lose experience points faster or slower, depending on how difficult you want to play the game. Mm-hmm. And you basically have to play, you have to beat the game before you lose all of your powers. 
um, and sort of basically have like a Benjamin Button disease, like on your superhero. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like I could see the protagonist being like someone who was like poisoned or has cancer or something or some kind of like reason that as they progress, like they're just slowly like degrading in their or skill like, level ooh. and yeah, ooh, and, or like and an I mean, android like, selectively disabling augmentations or something like that as you use power. Like that'd be kind of cool. Or or like, like Jane idea. Foster as Thor. <laughs> I have not been keeping up with my Thor, context. But... Oh, none of you. Oh, oh, this is so cool. So, um, I want to say like three or four years ago, in the comics, Thor, um, or, or um, Nick Fury kind of goes rogue, and someone sends Thor after him, and then Fury like whispers a secret into Thor's ear, and it causes Thor to become unworthy. Um, so the hammer is just, you know, left in the universe. Like Thor doesn't even use his name anymore. He just goes by Odin's son. Um, and then eventually, you know, this new Thor appears, but it's a woman. And then I think they, they're like, they were like halfway through the run when they finally reveal that it's Jane Foster. Um, she, she could wield Mjolnir, but since she had like stage four cancer, every time she transformed it, um, it deteriorated her health a little bit, like more and more and more. And then finally, you know, there was like this big battle and then everyone's like, you know, you can't become Thor again or else it'll kill you. And she's like, eh, I got to do what I got to do to save the world. And so she becomes Thor, they beat the evil. And then when she turns back, she dies. Um, it was very, Spoiler. Good. it was a very good run for the comic. Um, that's... And I think that is, that's why I think that's partly why we're getting love and thunder um, because it was so well received so do you think that's what they're gonna do with natalie portman in that one i think so like i know that she's going to be um thor but i didn't know if like maybe they're gonna play with that storyline that'll be interesting yeah Yeah, i I didn't know that that was the arc trajectory for that like i knew that i knew i had kind of heard that basically all i had heard was that like i was like oh thor there's a female thor and then later on it was like oh okay it's jane and like oh okay that's it, I could see them doing either way, like, you know, killing her off at the end or keeping her, because Natalie Portman is very famous for being like, I don't do franchises. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> yeah. miss me with all that. Um, well, she was, like, traumatized at a young age with <laughs> yes. Star Wars prequels. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> none of, no one has any right to blame her for not wanting to do a, a franchise. Um but yeah, I could, if they can if they can get her to stick around a little more and be like, hey, we want you to pop up in Avengers Five, which is going to happen later, then you know we'll see what happens. I could see that happening, just because I feel like the reason she left the Thor um, trilogy was because um, I think at one point it wasn't Patty Jenkins who did Wonder Woman was supposed to do Thor two, and they kind of had some creative differences, and so. Um, she kind of like left the project and that like pissed off Natalie Portman. And so she was like, yep, after this one, I'm t- pretty much done. Hmm. And then now maybe take it. was like, come back. We're fun again. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. You're, you're going to have a role that's worth your talent. Yes. Okay. So I, I pose uh, a new question to the group and this one's going to be harder too hot <laughs> harder um what is a good something you enjoyed book or movie 
or comic or TV show or media or something that would make a bad video game. Oh. Like something you enjoy that just does not have any reason any reason to be a, an adaptation. I mean, my quick cop-out easy answer is, frankly, most anime. And yet, I do actually have some anime adaptations <laughs> into games that I could talk about. But yeah, most of them... Uh... I'm not sure. Dude, I, would I would play. I would play the shit out of a Yu Yu Hakusho video game. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah I have to take fun. that back now. Yeah, I'm thinking about all the ones that could be good adaptations. I'm eating my eating my hat here. What should not be a video game? And like a fairy tale MMO would be really cool. But we're talking about what shouldn't be, right? Right. 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 Well, I'm I'm telling telling Tyler that his anime has no business being in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, he's telling me I was wrong, and I think he's right that I was wrong. <laughs> I feel like Ready Player One would not be a good video game. It wasn't a good uh, movie. Too on the net. Well, I mean, I was well, talking about the book, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> also I've heard the sequel's bad. Don't don't read it. I um, just finished the sequel and it's OK. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, if you don't like the first one, you're not going to like the second one. If you like the first one and you don't like the second one, you've probably just grown as a person. <laughs> Huh, interesting. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the all the work you would have to do to make a game like that work, you would just bury all the thematic elements and or they would just get so lost in the background because it would have to be like an MMO style game. And then you end up, you know, creating the thing that the book itself is like, maybe this isn't the best. But if it was a video game about the book then yes, it would be bad. But if they just created that world, kind of like Tyler's Matrix yeah, fun zone, then I think it would be kind of fun. Well, that series is an affirmation that the experience machine is an ultimately good idea. Mm-hmm. So it fundamentally is an affirmation of hedonism, but that's... <laughs> I say that if they made a true to the movie video game adaptation of Lord of the Rings, it would be horrendous because all they would do would be walk. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, they, they, they made companion games for those, but they just made everything a battle. <laughs> right. Well, it only took place during the battles. Yeah. Sequences. yeah. I think see, they- I'm having a harder time thinking of a book that would make a good video game. Cause the books that I can think of right now, would not make good video games. Like it's a kind of a lengthy list. Like Fahrenheit 451 would be <laughs> a rough video game. I could see a lot of books like being like Telltale games, but since Telltale isn't around anymore, can't do it. Yeah. Jurassic Park, kind of a boring video game. Oh, no, Jurassic like a, World would be good. Uh, I mean, but, it can ooh, be Jurassic kind of like a, a Turok game. No, like it, you're using the plot, not the, okay, okay. the universe. If you, if you have to stick to the plot, yeah, yeah, because you're, you're, you're all you're doing is either running or getting eaten. I mean, then again, Alien Isolation is a game. <laughs> ooh, uh, I guess if you 
we're in the world of Jurassic Park and the game was hiding from the raptors. That could be interesting. What if you were the raptor? Oh, that would stress me the fuck out if I had that. (laughs) (laughs) What if it was an asymmetry? How how does that? Asymmetrical? Yeah, asymmetrical. Like uh, Evolve was. So, yeah. It's a pack of raptors versus a, a less... Numerous group of people, I guess, so, if you want to Sounds kind of up. like uh, natural selection. Do you ever play those games, Nick? It's, kind of, it's one of those uh-uh. like asymmetrical I, multiplayer aliens versus yeah, marines. I've, I've, yeah, I have seen them. Uh, I'm just not all that interested in that genre. A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> uh, no. Which, I don't know, that might be a weird video game is it bad that when you posed that question brandon the first thing i thought of was the bible (laughs) (laughs) dude you could make a no we're Um, we're gonna do it we're gonna make a (laughs) kick-ass the bible the video game the thing is though the thing is though is that like oh god (laughs) could be kind of cool like some some of those stories could be kind of cool well there's an entire genre of video games that prove you wrong brandon i was gonna say biblical video games do exist didn't somebody make a documentary about the path to these like there were like these two guys that were trying to make this bible video game and it I don't know. I'll have to dig it out because it is—it's a little terrifying, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> try to make this game. So, if someone does try to make that, just special request: I want to play as Moses when he's calling down the plagues, because that's <laughs> actually do one step further. Go to whoever it was, DreamWorks, whoever it was that made Prince of Egypt, and license that movie so that way when you're playing the plagues level. That sound, that song is playing in the background because you cannot <laughs> beat the plague scene from Prince of Egypt. It is the only biblically based movie I acknowledge because of that part. Moses okay. is the casting class. <laughs> so we are completely getting off our top. Off <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm making it worse. I'm, gonna, oh, I'm about okay. to make it worse. I'm absolutely about to make it worse, and it's okay. It is absolutely fine. Um. There is a corner of the internet Uh-oh. that wants biblical characters to be added to the, the world of Smite. What? Okay. And I want to pose the question, like, seriously, yes or no? Like, seriously, yes or no? Because what is Smite but just where you get to play as a bunch of gods? Mm-hmm. So why can't jesus be in the game that's very weird that like i am assuming that corner of the internet is coming from a religious community but if that's the case that is fundamentally against their beliefs as christians but well, that, that's maybe what super I was support say. class I, I i think so every so ability I, heals <laughs> So like high res has actually like it's interesting that you bring that up because like I've 
A kind of wondered that. I had a discussion with James about this exact thing, actually, because we were kind of like we'd heard about that, and like people kept asking for some of those uh, uh, Abrahamic gods, like basically the, the typical. Yeah, well, Jesus all the Abrahamic and, religions say, share one god. Well, okay, I shouldn't say gods, god, but biblical figures, I guess. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. And, and prophets and things of that nature but anyway i th- so high res has said that the main reason that they haven't done it and i i think it's a bit of a cop-out answer but they were like well we don't find those characters interesting they basically said we don't find those characters you know like we think that playing as jesus would be boring or like it, maybe they feel like the concept is too nebulous yeah, and I mean, I can, I can, I can kind of agree with that. And, right? and I can't. Because, like, what would his abilities be? Yeah. What would his what What would Jesus' abilities be in Smite? What would Moses' abilities be that aren't already in the game? Like, you could have like a Moses skin for Yamoja, who can you know that would be kind of a really funny alt, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but bring like, in the Red Sea. <laughs> right. Like, but like, I can agree with that. I mean, I can agree that they wouldn't necessarily have the best abilities. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that that's there's basically what I'm saying is I think there's a grain of truth to that argument. Like, I think that that's probably true, but I also think they feel like they know that's just gonna that's gonna piss a lot of people off, and they've said they don't care mm-hmm. about that. Like, you know, because obviously, like some people were unhappy with the representations of some of the like the. I mean, some of the gods that are in the game, like, I think some of the... Well, Cthulhu had a really big pushback, too. They had a whole, like, Hi-Rez had a huge post about why they decided to add Cthulhu to the game. And they had to, like, have, like, a PR PR come in, you know, HR representatives. And, I mean, I'm sure they had, you know, five or six different people from, you know, legal departments and all this other kind of stuff draft some way of saying, hey, we want to bring Cthulhu into the game. Because he's cool, but we don't like the universe that he's in, <laughs> you know, because like, right. I guess, right, like, because he comes from H.P. Well, H. Lovecraft, right? And like, he was like a racist or whatever, like really kind of not oh, a good person. A little bit more than just a racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lovecraft, a little trash. I don't pretend to know anything. I have a mediocre viewpoint on, or uh, understanding of this, th- of these things, but like, so they had to come out with like a whole thing about how just because he's in the game doesn't mean that Smite are a bunch of racists or your high res is a bunch of racists or something like, right. you know, so yeah. And so it's like, imagine I can that agree that there would be a lot of really angry people. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like do people do, are there not religions where they, you know, might pray to some of the gods that are in the game? you know yeah and that's why i do think there is some clout to their argument that like look we knew going into this that we were gonna offend people we were gonna offend religious groups and so i i still think though they know that because i well i don't know i still think they they would just encounter more of a detrimental backlash to incorporating certain gods versus others like it's going to impact their their bottom line more with frankly i i think 
gods mm-hmm. that are from religions you know, that are the area that their company is kind of based. And I, th- I think you could throw in you could throw in other figures like one of the archangels or you know the Le- the Leviathan or something like that. Like there's other biblical characters you could throw in, but I like you know. Taking a look at the U.S. today, I would not. <laughs> I would not want to poke the bear that is, you know, right-wing evangelical Christianity. They'd probably get like all video yeah. games banned or something. Especially <laughs> yeah. if you portray the angels as descriptive in the Bible. I actually, I was going to say that's what I would burning want. Eyes, yes. Oh, it would be a lot cooler, but it's it would make them very upset to find it. <laughs> Flaming wheel of eyeballs. <laughs> why, why doesn't this angel look like Misha Collins? Oh, I have you. Yeah. <laughs> Though to be fair, even in Supernatural, he says, "Oh, my real form is has five faces, and I'm taller than the Chrysler Building." So, um, so I think it, it kind of taking it back, um, dying it back a little bit, um, from our hot take, um. A game that I think would have a good adaptation, like, I don't think it'd be perfect, and I think you'd have to... Nick's point of there are a lot of games that if you went with, like, the storyline, they would just be bad. But if you have the same universe and the same premise as Bruce Almighty, I think you could make some sort of simulator game or, like, you know... um, you know, I'm kind of thinking of like job simulator in a way right. or have yeah. some sort of uh, like VR game where you're like, you know, you become God for or, you know, you have like godlike powers and you like start answering people's prayers and stuff would kind of be kind of cool. As long as you don't answer yes to everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, no reply. Hey, you know, it'd be kind of a funny take on things. You know, you could <laughs> you could say yes to everything and watch the world burn for a little bit and then just take it all away. <laughs> Sounds I mean, like you, you really do you already, want black and white in VR. <laughs> you already kind of do that in From Dust, but it's just very simple. Like, oh, I can't get over this cliff. Please, you know, level out the land. Um, but yeah, something, something like like, a, like kind of like a god simulator, but you have to like do more than just you know move Earth around would be mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Still a little salty. They never made a sequel to that, even though they said they wanted to. Since we're still kind of on that topic, the angels as depicted in the Bible would kind of fit in the Cthulhu universe. (laughs) So that's that's what I mean. Like if you were gonna if you were gonna include them in Smite, I do actually think that would be the route to go. Like that would be probably the pick I would make as a developer. Like saying, oh, uh, what could we include from uh, the like the Bible, and yeah, that would that would be what I would pick. Otherwise, you're gonna get like, you know, those movies like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and they're just gonna like make Jesus like some sort of like I don't know, crucifix wielding something or other. I don't know. Okay, now <laughs> I do want it. So, yep, hi Rez, if you're hearing, if you're listening to our podcast, just just go for it. Screw the haters. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> that that movie was so not good. <laughs> I'm asking Santa specifically not to bring me that then, I guess. 
Um, hey, so another thought, um, I just had another, another thought of going back to my, like, Benjamin Button's disease game. <laughs> another thing you could do is sort of have, uh, what is called, uh, Melodictus. Do you guys remember, uh, from the Fantastic Beasts movies? That what? Oh. Um, that? that's what Nagini has. Oh, okay. Yes, I remember. So it would actually be really kind of funny where, like, so uh, if you guys haven't, I mean, it's been out for a while. Uh, in the Fantastic Beast movie, I think the first one, maybe the second one. It's yeah, Nagini's in the it, second. It is in the second Fantastic Beast movie. Yes. Where you st- you meet Nagini um, as a human. And uh, she has this mal- mal- maledictus disease. Um, just quickly on, on Google, it says, um, oh, I think that's the person. If you, if you are a, if you are a maledictus, um, you are a carrier of a blood curse, which ultimately, um, destined you to transform permanently into a beast. So like you, you slowly transform, um, you know, every once in a while, like randomly, you'll you'll transform into a beast, and you'll be a beast for an unknown amount of time before you transform back. And every time, you know, slowly throughout the game, you start transforming more often and for longer until you're slowly just playing the game as a beast, trying to finish the game as some sort of animal. That would be interesting because, like, you'd be learning a wholly different skill set, like slowly learning it as you're going and then eventually like you're going to have to rely on this second skill set for the whole rest of the game. Right. That'd be kind of, that'd be really cool. Um, there's actually a video game, um, called dragon quest. Um, it's on the PS two. I don't remember which one of the dragon quests it is. There's a lot of them. I don't remember which entry it is, but it's the, it's a, one of the PS two entries or the PS two entry. And what it is, is you're a, so, this the premise of this particular game is um the earth the surface of the earth is just f- completely unlivable um due to pollution and um every all humans have been driven underground and so you're you're living underground well the there is a um tier process so the the poorer you are the further down you live um, and so you have to have special privileges to be able to, you know, like you have to be a special class, uh, like social class to get to the, to the closer to the surface. Um, and the idea is this particular, the particular character you play is like a private, like he's just, he's low, of, you know, lowest of the low. And he like, but he's also so I I haven't played it in a while. But he's also sort of like a military guy or something. But he's just lowest, like I said, lowest of the low. And um, he finds out that there's like some corruption going on in the in the government and whatnot. And so he gets this power early on in the game that basically makes him go berserk, and he sort of transforms. And into like this beast that's just, you know, crazy. Well, in the, 
like upper right hand corner of your game is like a percentage bar. And every time you use this special, you transform into this beast and use your special ability, that meter goes up, that percentage goes up. And if you hit a hundred percent game is over, like literally like you have to start from the beginning. Um, and it's a really interesting because I mean it's it's an amazing ability. It's you know kind of like you know kind of like the BFG or just you know like almost almost like a cheat code. But they put that in and then say, but you can only use it sparingly. Um, and it's so it, I mean that's sort of kind of along the lines of this particular game, or of, the, of this particular idea of game. Man, knowing my luck, I would accidentally like activate that power. Like and it would just end the game, and I would be so pissed. <laughs> well, it was really interesting too because they had a mechanism in place where it the the the, the sort of idea. I don't know. I never really played the game too much. Um, without cheat codes, um, <laughs> and because uh, you could have you could be at ninety nine percent the whole the whole like ninety nine point nine percent the whole time, and then uh, just use it. You know, it would never go up. It's always kind of cool. But um, it was an interesting game because it was sort of like a really long, drawn-out version of the mechanic for um, for the king, where it almost felt like you were designed to fail and not get as you know, all, get all get the whole way there on your first go, because you would go through the the game, and there would be areas that you'd get to that you could interact with and said, you need a special key or you need this or that. And you physically could not get that until like later. And so you aren't going to come back to that particular area, but what will happen is you die. You have to restart the game from the beginning and you'll watch cutscenes, And instead of ending, the cutscene is extended. Uh, you know, the characters go into another room. The first time you play, as they go into another room, the scene ends. The second time you play, as they go into another room, the camera follows them. And so it's really interesting. The more you like, the more times you play through, the more you learn about the game. The more cutscenes you get, the more sp- more places that open up throughout the map. It's really, really kind of an interesting idea. Sounds like you should play the Outer Wilds. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea of you know using your abilities, you know having a cost. Uh, I think what's the game? Um, I know. Oh yeah, um, Heavenly Sword. Um, was, yeah. You know that was a big game for the PS3. That one, you know, the whole time you're playing, you, you know, oh. you're always reminded like, hey, this this weapon's going to kill you. Like no matter what you do, as soon as your quest is done, you're dead. Um, but that's, you know, that's tied to the narrative. So of course you kind of know you're going to get to the end, but yeah, that'd be really interesting to have a game where, you know, you could be killed before you get to the game, before you get to the end. And then you either have, you know, start over or the game says, okay, here's your midpoint. Yeah. You go forward from here, you know, play differently. So you don't die. Okay, um, I have uh, I fact checked myself because I was curious. Um, Are those real facts or alternative facts? The game is called Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. 
um, known in Japan as Breath of Fire 5 Dragon Quarter. <laughs> um, released in November 14, 2002. So we missed your birthday. I'm sorry. The game follows Ryu, a low-level citizen who rebels against his government in order to save the life of Nina, who is unable to survive underground due to an experimental surgery performed on her in order to convert her into an air purification machine. That sounds so wild. According to Breath of Fire tradition, dragons play a larger role in Dragon Quarter, and Ryu himself is able to transform into a dragon. Despite this tradition, however, the main influence of dragons is felt in the storyline, and the game is... I'm sorry. Despite the, this tradition, uh, however, the main influence of dragons is felt in the storyline of the game and not the gameplay. So you don't actually see any dragons or really anything much. The focus on the story is Ryu's escape to the surface with Nina, accompanied by um, a couple other characters and such. Um, oh, yeah. Um, you have this thing that's called a D ratio, and as you like level up and just uh, defeat other people of higher D ratios, your D ratio goes up too. It's kind of, interesting. Ah, well, we all know my D ratio is pretty damn high. So <laughs> get out. It's too damn high. It's over 9,000. Oh God. Okay, so we um, started this gay uh, this uh, we started this podcast talking about video games that we wanted to create, and ended it by talking about Tyler's dick size. <laughs> <laughs> so typical small con pod. Uh, there we go. I'm sorry. I um I was training at work today, and uh, I just I talk a lot. Obviously, when I'm training, because people at you know the like the newbies ask lots of questions, and you know I want them to understand what I'm doing, so I talk a lot in general. And when I'm out, I can't you know I can't have liquids while I'm working. Um, so I I can't really replenish the 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 windpipes very easily. <laughs> So I've had kind of a a non-COVID sore throat all day. Oh, gosh. Got to make sure to flush the lines regularly. Anything else to add? Um, I don't know. Some, someone show this episode to game developers because I want an animal <laughs> game, damn it. <laughs> I think J.K. Rowling stole the idea of the obscure from a Russian story. What? From a... The Obscurial's story arc ha- has the same story arc as the first Night Watch book, where a lady cursed herself and becomes powerful and is a risk to the magical world at large. So a magical John Wick, you say? You know, uh, the last game I want to talk about is I, it would be I think it would be difficult logistically, like really. But, like, an MMO probably would be the best style, maybe, of, like, a superhero video game where it's kind of like everybody's a superhero, right? And so there aren't... City of Heroes? 
I was gonna say I think that game existed, <laughs> but like There's two of them so, existed. So I don't know if it's necessarily. I mean, I guess tell me about tell me about those games then, because I've never heard of them. Well, you have City of Heroes and City of Villains, and I think they later merged into being one. City, but, City of Heroes and Villains. Isn't there something called like Champions Heroes, Online or something like that? I okay, so you. tell me about the gameplay. Like you create a superhero and you give it a power set. Uh, it's basically any comic book hero you've ever heard of, and you go and fight or cause crime. Is it any good? <laughs> uh, it had a following. It I, so I played. Hang on, let me see. Like this is bringing because that's exactly like how I would want. Like that's that's like exactly what I was thinking about. Was it an MMO? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this is back in like 2005. It's might still have servers up. Okay, so yeah, the one I played was called Champions Online, and it was yeah, it was a big MMO where you would. You would totally you would create and customize the look of your hero entirely, um, and then yeah, you would pick kind of like a template, a power set template, but you could sort of tweak that and like change colors of your powers and things like that. So that that was probably my favorite part of the game was the fact that it did let you get pretty creative about what your hero looked like and fought like. But for me, I lost it. I, I remember this game, and I do remember kind of losing interest just because, again, MMOs, like third-person action MMOs like this, just don't really hold my interest for very long. because They tend to get kind of uh, grindy, and the combat gets kind of samey. And, eh. so, so one thing I just saw is the source code for City of Heroes has been released when they shut down the servers, so you can create your own private server. There you go. We can make our own <laughs> games, guys. <laughs> yes, we'll just have to learn. Well, yeah, when lockdown two happens, we'll all learn coding, and then we'll just make a video game. <laughs> Simple. Now, now here's here's my last question. Here's my last question. What about a multiplayer game where like the five of us could play together, like just the five of us, or get James in for three v three or something like that, like? <laughs> What kind of a game could be fun like that? Divinity Original Sin 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty fun, though. I don't know if the mod for the party size allows for six yeah. players. Yeah, I've only ever done it with four. So I feel like something Sims-ish. Though I think out. James... James would go around and like trap all our Sims in a pool and then take the ladder. Oh, is that not how everyone plays the Sims? <laughs> Some of us can quell our homicidal rages. I, I still think we should try to play TTT. Yeah, what? that's actually that would be a good multiplayer game for sure. Uh, Trouble in Terrace Town. I don't think I've ever. Basically, what it is is um, you could you can I think you can probably set the set you know change the settings to be kind of however you want it. But basically, this the idea is most of you are good people, and then a couple of us would be, or a couple of you are bad people. Um, there are specific roles, but the idea is some of you are innocent and some of you are traitors. And the whole premise of the game is to 
is to win. So by by killing the other team, um, and so there are several different like subcategories. Like you could be like so like there's like a detective who's obviously a good guy that when someone dies, the detective can inspect them and see what they were. Um, and there's also a zombie who, if you kill someone with your knife, they come back to life as a zombie. And so, um, you can have fun zombie rounds where everybody just basically turns into zombies and tries to hunt everybody else down. Um, and so the idea is that no one knows, like, so the traders generally can see who they are, um, you know, who, who, who their teammates are. Cause you know, a lot of times it'd be like two traders, you know? Um, so they can see who they are, but then some, there's this thing called a glitch that looks, that appears as a trader to the traders. So if you see that there are two other traders and there's only supposed to be two traders total, you know that one of them is actually an innocent person pretending to be a trader. So there are a lot of different mods or different, uh, different roles. Um, and there's, there's actually even one that's called a jester who is trying to get himself killed. If you, if you, if you get killed, you win. It's kind of an interesting take on it. Um, can't do any damage to anyone. Uh, but if you die, you win. So, um, we're talking about games that actually already exist, but, um, it's, it would just be a really fun game for all of us to play. I think personally we'll make that our podcast new year's resolution. Yeah. I can personally vouch that TTT makes for some good reporting material as well. Usually some funny shenanigans. Ensue. All right. So for our secret Santa, we're actually all going to buy various components of a computer for Jared. So that he actually can play some of these games. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks Dib on the Ram <laughs> dibs on the keyboard. <laughs> I'll get him a mouse. <laughs> no, I'll get him a mouse pad. I was going to say, he's going to need a mouse pad. Leaving me with a processor in the video card. <laughs> in this climate of impossible to find 3000 series, no thanks. In this but then movie? we'll let Jared buy his own graphics card. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So yeah, he'll like have a the, computer the, mid next year then. <laughs> one of the two one of the two most expensive parts of the computer. <laughs> I'll just buy a PS5, thank you. <laughs> PS5, what's that? I've only heard of that in Legend. Here's a mythical game that I want to come out. Diablo 4. <laughs> yeah. Be a ways yet. <laughs> a while yet. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale for the PS5. <gasps> <laughs> I would pick that up in a hurry. Right. I'm still really excited for Pokemon Unite. I really want that game to come out. And they don't have any idea when it's coming out. Which one was that one? Pokemon Unite. It's the M it's the MOBA. MOBA. it's the Pokemon MOBA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. For that. the Switch and the Mobile? I really am curious how that's gonna work. Yeah. Then Tyler, you'll have no excuse for not being able to play with us when you go home. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then also play video games with us. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. I think our podcast has pretty much gone to seed. Um. Somebody say something interesting. Oh, uh, we have socials. Um, Jared. 
Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, search Small Constellation, you'll find us. Yeah, okay, great. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, somebody say something interesting, and we'll just end the podcast there. Interesting. D-ratio. <laughs> the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. None of those things were interesting. <laughs> uh, this, uh, San- Santa Claus was black. There you go. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs>